Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. Expense account out to Homicide Bureau, Department of Police, City of Hartford, Connecticut. I in no way expect the Bureau to honor this statement, but since it's my regular form of report, I will use it for convenience. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Glenn English matter. My interest in the case has been a purely personal one. I have no fault to find with official procedure after his death or after the two-year-old murder that was at the bottom of the whole thing. I'd known Glenn since about 1947. The girl he married longer than that. In 49, after studying under the GI Bill, he turned in his private operator's license and opened his own law office. Since then, I've called on him when I needed something, and he's called on me. So it wasn't unusual that he phoned me at about 10.30 the night before I read of his death. Johnny Dollar. Hi, Kinstar. Who's this? That champion of perjured testimony? Got any to sell? Nothing that you could afford. How are things, Glenn? Okay. I'd like to ask a favor of you, Johnny. Sure, what is it? I've got some evidence that I want to protect a statement. You get a photo standard for me in the morning? Yeah, yeah, I'm free in the morning. This is pretty hot stuff. I'll tell you about it when I see you. You for the night? Yeah. Well, I may come over. If I don't see you tonight, I'll drop in on the way downtown in the morning. So you understand that the way it was put, there was no reason for me to think twice about the fact that he didn't show up that night. But the next morning, when I read about his death in the paper, naturally our conversation came back to me. I phoned his widow and went to see her a little afternoon. Oh, I... I don't know. I don't know. I... I just don't know what to think. I'm sorry, Donna. I haven't helped matters any. Maybe I shouldn't have thrown this at you. I thought of going to the police first. But I figured it would be better if I had something more definite. There's nothing in this briefcase. Oh, don't think of me, Johnny. Of course you should have come. But he didn't say anything about the case he was on. What did he say when he left last night? I wasn't here. He called me from his office about 5.30 to say he'd be late again. Asked me why I didn't go to a movie or something. So I did. So I didn't see him. Poor oh, John. Johnny, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know, honey, I know. And that part of it's up to you. Nobody can really help you with that. It did happened, didn't it, Johnny? I'm not going to open my eyes and see you next to me and everything all right again. Oh, I used to dream that way sometimes. Donna, please. But not this time. Now I wish I could never wake up. Is somebody going to be staying with you? I'm going to his mother's house. I can't stay here. You shouldn't try. I'll talk to his secretary and then go to the police. I'm not helping any, am I? That's all right. Are his uh, things still downtown? His things? His clothes and so on. Yes. They wanted me to bring them, but I couldn't. They'll send them in a day or two. I'll try to help, Johnny. I'll, I'll try to think. Right now, I don't remember his saying anything. He did say, Goodbye, darling. On the telephone. That's what I keep remembering. 
I hadn't been with him very long, Mr. Dollar. Not long enough to know as much about his business as... Well, as much as some secretaries know about their employers. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. When I left the office at five last night, he said he had some work to do and would lock up. I asked him if he wanted me to stay, but he said it wasn't necessary. Can we find out what the work was that kept him? Well, he said something about a new client coming in. And you don't know who it was? Well, he didn't say, Mr. Dollar. He didn't mention a name. Uh-huh. You don't mind if I take a look through the office, do you, Miss Ross? I suppose it's all right. Nobody's told me what to do about it. Well, you might as well start getting everything together so we can move it out. Let me know what's coming to you in the way of salary. I'll give it to you plus a month. Yes, sir. I- I'm awfully sorry about Mr. English. He was such a nice man. I didn't really expect to find anything of value in his files, and I was right. Most of his cases were unimportant civil suits. The only thing that even hinted at possible planned murder was our phone conversation. I realized how vague it was, but I decided to come to the police anyway. I was received by your Lieutenant Frank Dolger, who sent for the reports on the case and led me to his office. Okay, sit down, sit down. Thanks. Well, hey, I don't know, but the way I see it, you haven't given us enough to launch a full-fledged murder investigation. Yeah, there isn't much I realize there. He was a friend of yours? Yeah. Well, I'm not the kind to stir things up just because of that. He said he had some hot evidence that he was going to bring over, and he was killed between his apartment and mine. What kind of evidence? Only that it was a statement he wanted to protect. He used that word, Lieutenant, protect. I suppose you could say he might have meant against fire or something like that. Well, the point is, Dollar, that his being killed could make things seem to be more important than they really are. Yeah. It's easy to read meanings into things, uh, situations like this. You probably run into it yourself. Yeah, yeah, didn't you say he thought he'd drop by in the morning? That's right. Well, then he wasn't necessarily on his way to your place. Maybe he went out for cigarettes or something. Well, I thought of that, but it doesn't hold. There's a drugstore a block away from his apartment. It's in the opposite direction. I can't think of a reason for his being at the intersection where he was found, other than that he was coming to see me. Well, I don't know. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not trying to slough off anything to deserve me. Come in. Here's the report on that traffic death. Oh, thanks, Wilson. Anything else? No, no, that's all, thanks. Well, we'll see what we have here. Uh, English, Glen L. No, cause of death, multiple fracture of the skull. Internal injuries resulting in cerebral anoxia, possibly attendant. What does it say about his effects? Mm, personal effects upon person. Overcoat, hat, brown, two-piece suit. You're going to skip the clothing. Well, let's see then. Cigarette ring, left ring finger, checkbook on Plymouth Bank. Cigarette slider, uh, oh, here. Wallet containing $38. Driver's license, personal business cards, membership cards to... Uh, yeah, there's nothing there. Well, I'm afraid nothing that looks like this evidence you speak of. This statement. There we are again, Lieutenant. It could mean one of two things. That he didn't have it with him and his death was accidental. Or it could mean that it was taken from his body after he was killed. But everything so far is based on supposition. I know it is, Lieutenant. I know that you can't assign a squad of men every time some crank comes in with an idea. If you can bring us anything definite, Dollar. Yeah. Well, believe me, I do understand, Lieutenant. 
You suppose I could talk to the autopsy surgeon as long as I'm here? Sure, sure, certainly. It's, uh, Dr. Ramsey. And you'll find him a very cooperative man. Proof that the victim was not killed willfully? It appears he was struck and thrown against a parked car, his head striking the bumper. But the automobile, as lethal as it is, would hardly be a foolproof weapon to be used in willful murder, would it? No, I guess not. Is there any way to figure how fast a car would have been traveling to cause that damage? No, not a way in the world. Although the internal injuries would seem to indicate quite some speed. Thanks very much, Dr. Ramsey. I won't take any more of your time. I want to repeat, I have no fault to find with the department. I got nothing but cooperation. The photographic lab showed me the pictures of the scene. The investigating officers gave me their reports. But since everybody's conclusions had already been drawn, I saw or heard nothing that didn't support the theory of hit and run. Everyone agreed it couldn't have been anything else. I turned down a case that afternoon because I couldn't get Glenn out of my mind. I went to the corner where he was killed and poked around the snow. I didn't know what I was looking for, and I didn't find anything. The people living near the corner had already been questioned by the police and repeated to me that they hadn't seen or heard anything the night before. And that evening, in spite of a promise made to myself that I'd leave her alone for a while, I went to see his wife again. It's all right, Johnny. Something happened to me after I got here and spent some time with his mother. She's so brave, I feel ashamed of myself. I'm okay now. What about you? Oh, I can't get any place now. Can you talk with me about it? Sure I can. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. I saw his secretary, and she mentioned that he was going to meet a new client. When he called to tell you that he'd be late, did he, did he say anything about that? About meeting somebody? No, he... He'd been working late quite a bit the past few weeks. He had a case coming up in the morning. I know. I went into that at the office. Saw what I'm after. What did he say? Can you remember? Word for word, if possible. Yes, I can. Because I said most of it. I was being a typical wife. I didn't like him working at night, and I lost my temper. I didn't give him a chance to explain anything. That's what I have to remember about the last time I talked to him. Never mind now. Come on. He didn't mention anybody. Just that he'd have to work late. Will you give me the key to your apartment? Yes. I'll have to go through his things, Dana. I didn't want to ask you to let me when I was there earlier, but now I've got to. I've covered every other angle I can think of. I don't know why I felt almost ashamed about going through Glenn's things, except that a close friend shares with you everything he wants you to know about him. And learning new things because he's dead doesn't seem right. I started with his briefcase again, reading everything in it. I moved to the desk in their living room and from there into the bedroom. In an hour and a half, I was still looking. Then the phone rang. Uh, hello? Yes, sir. Mrs. English, sir. No, she isn't. Who is this? My name is Dollar. I'm a friend of hers. I take a message? Uh, I've been trying to get her all afternoon. 
no accident. Her, how her husband got killed. What's that? He, he was murdered on account of something I told him. Who is this? I'm not saying. Not now, anyway. You're the client who was with Glenn last night? Yeah, that's right. We wrote up a paper. And he told me about it. Listen to me. You've got the information I've been looking for. I've got to see it. You're going to see Warren Kelly. It's the one that had him killed. Warren Kelly? Who is he? Why would he have Glenn killed? Are you a lawyer, too? No, I'm a private detective. Glenn was one of my closest friends. I've tried to tell the police that it was probably murder, but I can't get any place with him because I haven't had anything definite. If you've got some information, won't you give it to me? You're willing to pick it up after what happened to him? Where can I meet you? All right. If you're game, I am. I sure got nothing to lose. You'll have to come here. I'm being watched. Where are you? You know Caruso's Cafe on Front Street? I'll find it. Ask the bartender for Bruno. But you're sticking your neck out. You're liable to end up where your pal is. Just don't change your mind, Bruno. I'll get there as fast as I can. We'll return to yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in just a moment. Learn how American communities have solved major problems on a local level. Hear true stories of democracy at work on The People Act, a new CBS radio series having its premiere performance tomorrow night on most of these same CBS radio stations. Now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we bring you the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. I came to see Bruno. Said you could tell me how to find him. What's your name? Dollar. Listen, you buy one drink and look at a custard. Okay. Bourbon and soda, then. Right away. He's all right? Yeah, that's good. What's the matter with him, anyway? You going to get killed? I don't know much about him. He's my friend since we was kids, so I help him. But I don't like it. I don't like trouble. Yeah. You drink that, then you go back where you see the restroom signs. Yeah. And you see one more door. And through that, you find the stairs. He's up there in the store. The office is at the end. Okay, thanks. What do I add? Sit. Okay. Even. Thanks again. Nothing except that he had a statement. He was going to meet me tonight with a notary. Then he said it with wholesome water. What made it worth killing Glenn over? What was in it? The names of the three men that killed him. They got the paper, I guess. They got it. Who are these three men? This Kelly you mentioned. This seems to ring a bell. Yeah, he's one of them. Warren Kelly. The other two are Nat Reiner and Alex Shaw. This is what happened. I didn't mean for it to ever go this way. I... 
told you, pal, he was as hot as I was as long as he had that paper. He shouldn't have been out on the street. And part of his parents, what happened? Well, not many people know it, but Kelly is one of the big bosses of the syndicate around here. His front is a contracting firm. He got where he is because he got rid of the guy who was standing in his way. If you remember, Ed Waters. Yeah, vaguely. It was quite a while back. Yeah, two years. Kelly wasn't even questioned because nobody knew what happened to Waters. But I do. I was with Kelly when he killed him. I, I helped bury his body. I know where it is. And Kelly's had men hunting me for a year. This is what you put in that statement? Yeah, that's right. Glenn was killed over a two-year-old gang murder? I told him to be careful. I told him how I'd been hunted from here to California to the Mexican border, every place. I haven't had a day's rest since Kelly got so big he decided he wasn't safe to have me around. I, I told him all that. Maybe you forgot to tell him that you let Kelly know you were going to make a statement to a lawyer. No, I didn't do that. But I let him know that I was through running. That I was going to give myself up. The paper was addressed to the D.A. Why'd you bother with a lawyer? Why didn't you go direct to the D.A.? You're hard to believe, Vic. Look, Dollar, I know how you feel, losing a friend. But I went to him for advice that on the best way to do it. It was his idea. He, he wanted to go to court with me. Mostly, I think, he, he figured what a splash he'd make by breaking open that old case. How did they know enough to kill him? I don't know. If they followed me to his office, I didn't see him. And I had a lot of practice being followed. But I can get him for you. No, no, you don't. We'll do it the simple way. You come on down to police headquarters with me. Hey, you don't want to walk out of this cafe with me? Let me dust the light and you come over to the window with me. Come on. Across the street. They're standing together near the bakery. Yeah. One on the left's Nat Reiner, the other's Alex Shaw. They're waiting for me. You're going to have a tough time proving anything about your power. Say, you or you don't put the police on it anyway. Look at those creeps waiting for me. It's been like this for a year. Every place. Two or three creeps waiting for me. But no more. I'm through running. I guess you asked for it. Yeah, I guess so. But I could count one good thing if I. Could lay those two and Kelly away. Where's the telephone? It's at the bottom of the stairs into the back. Stay here. I'm going to call the police. See if they won't come down here. Sure. I realized that I still faced the same situation. I was phoning in about a material witness and two suspects in the death that the police had filed as accidental. Lieutenant Dozier was off duty and the desk sergeant wouldn't give me his home number. I gave up in something less than five minutes, but during that time, Bruno Vick had come down the stairs and passed without my seeing him. The first inkling I had of what he was doing was a shout from the bartender. Bruno! Bruno, where you going? Vick! Vick, come back! Where are you going? He's on time! Vick, don't be a fool! Brother, sure, you're waiting for me. Which one are you? You're a rhino, aren't you? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Can't move legs. Don't try it. The ambulance will be here in a little while.
dollar, they tell me you finally made a murder case of it. I finally have something like evidence that that's what it was from the beginning. This one is Bruno Vick. He's the one who made the statement Glenn English was killed for. Hmm. The other one over here is still alive. He's not Reiner. Where are you feeling? Leave me alone. Tell the lieutenant about that hit and run last night, Reiner. Get away from me. Well, any more? Uh, Reiner was here by himself waiting for Vic to come out. He fired first before Vic saw him, and Vic just managed to get a shot out before he died. That's a lie. If you want to take the rap alone, Reiner, I'll lie all the way up to the Supreme Court to help you do it. Well, we'll have a little talk later. Uh, tell me, uh, tell me how this happened, now. Well, Vic was holed up in the second floor of the cafe. I was in the phone booth downstairs when he started out. From what he said to me, I think he came out knowing he was going to be killed. I don't quite understand. I'm not sure of this, but it seems to me that he realized how hard it would be to prove anything in Glenn's death. So he sort of offered his own as something to nail them with. Hey, Joe, Sergeant Wilson? Over here, sir. Oh, yeah. You yeah, seem to have something. This one, sir, Bruno Vick. He was carrying a letter addressed to the district attorney. <laughs> As testimony in a court of formal law, I don't think Vic's unwitnessed letter would have been worth anything. But under the circumstances of the case, it was pretty strong police evidence. It obviously was as close as possible a duplicate of the statement given Glenn English, in content at least. But it opened, in a way you could call this a dying statement, because I'm not going to run anymore, and they're waiting for me. He went on to describe the two-year-old killing of Ed Waters and concluded with his theory as to how Glenn English was killed. It was detailed enough to keep Lieutenant Dolger on the case until 3 a.m. when Nat Reiner regained consciousness after a spinal operation. Well, Reiner, do you know that you would have died if it hadn't been for the work of the police surgeon? That's one thing they forgot to tell me. Did they tell you what you said under the anesthetic? I didn't say anything. Truth serum or a lie detector is going to bring out the same things. Like what? Like where Alex Shaw is staying, 718 Hostack. I didn't say that. You don't remember what you said about Warren Kelly? I didn't say anything. You talked about last night, about catching up with that lawyer, Glenn English. No. You named the street corner. No. I know you're bluffing. How did you know it was Highgrove and Clayton? That's what you said. I read it in the paper. Why should you read about that? It was on the front page. Why semi-conscious? Should you remember the intersections? I, I don't know. I don't believe that. Believe what? That I said we were there. You and Alex Shore. We weren't there. Where were you? We've got more than you think, Reiner. You've got nothing on me. We've even got the truth about Ed Waters. We know where his body is buried. You want to get mixed up in that one, too? What do you want? Well, first you understand that these aren't police methods. Nothing you're saying can be taken in evidence against you. But you killed a friend of mine. Now I can make the lieutenant go out of the room. We'll get this settled in a hurry. What do you want? First, I want to hear about that hit and run last night. I... I didn't have any part in it. You were there. All right. I was there. I'm the one who followed Victor that lawyer's office. His name was English. I followed them home and we waited for him. When he came out, we followed him in the car and... The corner, he pulled in front of him when he stepped off the curb and then Shaw got out. Kelly wasn't there? No. No, he wasn't there. But he ordered it then. Yeah. He said we had to do it. 
What did he say you had to do? He made it look like a hit and run. He had Vic's paper in his pocket. Shaw took that and then he made it look like a hit and run. Shaw slugged him first and then we used the car. Enough, Lieutenant. Yeah, I think so. He'd better get some rest. Pretty late. I have two squad cars standing by to go after Alex Shaw. I didn't mean it was too late that, Lieutenant. Do you think he'll be there? He's there. I got a report he arrived not 20 minutes ago. Seven eighteen Harstock, as the department knows, is a building that should be burned out of Hartford. It's been a sore spot, a root of trouble for long enough. It holds twelve families, and Alex Shaw's apartment was on the top floor in the rear. Lieutenant Dolger's men were given positions that covered all the exits, and he and I went up. Huh? Who is it? Police, Shaw. Let us in. What do you want? You were identified as being in that shooting scrape in front of the Caruso Cafe. Come on, come on, let us in. Shaw, I do have a warrant. He's trying something. Let's go in. Okay. Try the panel. I can be sitting out now. The window there. Nelson! Nelson! We're in his rooms and he's not here. Hey, there he is, Nelson. On the rope across the way. They'd better stop him. He's a killer, Lieutenant. Nelson! Time to open up! Open up! final entry or any expense account total, since this statement will only be read by the police. But I will include remarks. They tell me that almost every day murders are being passed off as natural or accidental deaths, only because people don't look at the circumstances closely enough. I'm proving nothing. If I'd been a better friend, I'd have walked halfway and met Glenn English before he was killed. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role and is written by Gil Dowd with music by Wilbur Hatch. Edmund O'Brien can now be seen starring in the Paramount Pictures Technicolor production, Silver City. Featured in tonight's cast were Jeanette Nolan, Jim Nesser, Gene Bates, Wally Mayer, Jay Novello, Edgar Barrier, and Bill Conrad. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. <laughs> This is Dan Coverley inviting you to join us next week at this time when Edmund O'Brien returns as yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Join us next week at this time when Edmund O'Brien returns as yours truly, Johnny Dollar.